0: Last month, we got two issues of Orphans of X, while the Orphans of Sex got tons of daddy issues. I'll give you some daddy issue sex. Welcome to episode 16 of the Mutant Musings podcast. It's November 2017, so we'll be discussing some comics and news from October 2017. I'm your host, Jonathan, and with me as always is someone whose butt I affectionately call the Mojoverse... Patty! Patty! We've been diehard fans of the X-Men for almost our entire lives, and we're bringing you our thoughts about what's happening with mutants, whether it's in comics, television, or movies. Boo, movies. This podcast is the place to get information and reviews without forced bias coming from corporate sponsors.
1: I'll never force my bias on you, babe.
0: Except Monster Energy Drinks, because we love monster. Bias, bias monster. Ah, uh, that is some good monster.
1: Mm. Uh, That's what we call mm. products placement.
0: Here's your friendly reminder that you can leave us a comment on geekade.com or 1 million to save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook. You can leave us some feedback on iTunes. Follow us on Instagram at mutant podcast. We want to hear from you, the listeners, and we also want to share our love of the X-Men with you beyond this one monthly podcast. And here's another friendly reminder that this one monthly podcast will likely contain enough cursing in one hour to last you until next month's episode. So if Granny's nearby, turn off her hearing aid. And pull the plug. I mean, that's, that's just a waste of resources. Up. Oh my God. We're not even two minutes in. Oh man, everybody's dead. Why? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh- <clears throat> All right, so we wanted to talk about uh the two um arcs that are going on this uh this past month. We had uh two issues of All-New Wolverine and then we had a we had a crossover running through uh, X Men Blue and X Men Gold, which we'll get to in a little bit. We wanted to start with All New Wolverine number twenty-five. First of all, I'm still fucking loving All New Wolverine. I think this has been one of the best X series so far that came out of that came out of like this this relaunch. And I hope that Tom Taylor never stops writing this book. Same. I hope he's Same writing Tom it. T- Tom Taylor. Uh. <laughs> hey um that
1: guy yeah if you're listening we love you so much (laughs) yeah and uh friend of the show yeah he's a friend of the show i think he lives in australia so if you want to adopt us yeah because he said he couldn't go to new york comic-con because he lived in australia or something but what really yeah but uh we love you yeah you can either adopt us as your children or we'll we'll figure something out we'll have like a we can
0: be your joeys and ride around in your pouch Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> because yeah, Australians, can we Australians come with pouches, right? Yes. That's how it works. That's the difference. It's very 90s of you. I uh, get that joke, because pouches. Yes. Why aren't you... You got to laugh at my... Somebody's you... got to laugh at my joke. Ha-ha! <laughs> all right. <laughs> Sponsored by Monster Energy Drinks. No, <sighs> that's that's not true at all. I'm sorry. All right, so All New Wolverine number 25. This started out um, kind of cute. Like, I legitimately thought that the people in this bar were actually, like, gonna be nice to, to Ken because he, he was a good guy for a minute, you know? Like, a full minute, he was a good guy. Um, he's just sitting there trying to enjoy his drink. Yeah, so they weren't so nice. It was interesting, you know? He, could, he said he could smell the fear on them, and it turns into all this shit, and they take him out. And I just thought that this was weird. You know, they put on all their fucking kink masks with an X on them, mm-hmm. and they're the orphans of X. And you know what? What I didn't catch, though... And so I read this through the second time was the one dude in the bar that had a blonde mullet and he had a t-shirt that said mullet proof. And I, I thought did not catch that. that was fan fucking tastic.
1: Would you consider Deken's haircut to be like a mullet
0: mohawk? <clears throat> mullet hawk? It's. I would definitely say mullet hawk. It's okay. definitely a mullet hawk. That, and that's fine. Whatever. I mean, we're accepting I of all. Love I love DeKenn. I think he's like
1: just so sexy. Oh, okay, um, you know, with his like really '90s tribal tattoos, you know, he's got he's got a mohawk and a mullet. He's got tribal tattoos, but he's Japanese
0: for uh, half
1: Japanese, half
0: Canadian. For what? <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, that's true. For a guy in his 70s, though, I, I will admit he's he's a pretty good looking guy. He, he's a pretty good looking guy in his 70s. Yeah, he was born in the 40s.
1: Oh. Yeah, okay. you remember, I guess I you know, that's that.
0: when they parents got together, yeah, you know? Yeah. And he's just, you know, the whole healing factor thing. Yeah. Yeah, you know. You guys know.
1: So it was really upsetting to me because I loved Decan so much, probably because he's like so volatile and he's not like necessarily an anti-hero, I mean kind of, but it's to the point where like he's like kind of a cat, you know, and <laughs> Like, you like know, his name
0: literally means dog. I'm sorry. No, it's
1: like, you know, when cats lay on their back and you're like, is this a trap? Do you want me to pet your stomach or will you kill me? Stop imagining that's, him on his back. <laughs> that's that's how I think about DeCan. Like, you don't know if he's like, you know, going to kill everybody or if he just wants a
0: beer. Yeah, there's a word for that. It's douchebag. That's what he is. He's a douchebag. Oh, stop. He's a do, du- Yeah, well, that's what he is. Um, I still like him though, but that's beside the point but, um, yeah, I know that panel with his arm hanging by the rope when uh when they discover it was actually kind of was actually kind of disturbing uh you to know some viewers well yeah viewer but, uh, discretion I advised. and just this was like a really depressing story. I don't think that the artist here, cabal is really great like it's good but what I really appreciated about the artwork in in this uh, story so far is the use of like the reuse of the old images from x23's series from what was that like 2005 yeah he like redid some of the images and put them in the background and I thought that was really cool and a really effective use of like those past images behind like the main story so I thought that was cool So anyway, you know, I mean, we, we, you know, find out that Ken's in in trouble, but then... You think so
1: with his missing arm?
0: But then there's Laura's mom. Yeah,
1: that on the last page, I, I was like so shocked. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Like,
0: Like, I I don't know. My first thought is bullshit. Like this is a clone, um, or an LMD or an alien, a WMD,
1: weapons of mutant destruction.
0: <sighs> oh no, that that ended. Sorry.
1: No, that's still going on.
0: So- sort of. But yeah, so that was that was really really weird. Um, I called bullshit on it immediately. Uh, these orphans of X, I'm just kind of assuming this was similar to what the red right hand was, yeah. you know, victims or like family of victims of like, you know, Wolverine, Decan, Laura over time, Uh, you know, and these people just banded together and are taking their revenge now. That's kind of what I think is really going on. But it's a really good setup issue. And obviously it leaves like all of these questions. And like, I really felt compelled to want them answered. So it was it was really good. I thought it was lame how Laura is always like, oh, well, Gabby and Jonathan, no, you can't come. I got to go do this alone. I'm like, yeah, yeah, all right. It's getting
1: a little old because, yeah. I mean, now that we know that Gabby can hold her own yeah. and, you know, she has the healing factor, Jonathan might also have a healing factor, but I, I understand where she's coming from because she yeah. did lose, like, her whole family. Yeah. And so I understand that she wants to be overly protective. But, okay, so I don't know if I'm, like, completely stupid, probably, (laughs) but... Just a little, honey. (laughs) When I I first saw that it's called Orphans of X and that it was going to incorporate Laura and Daken, I figured that they were going to be the Orphans of X and that it was going to be, like, a story just with the two of them. And, like, you know, the fact that... Decan's mom is dead, and, you know, 616 Wolverine is dead? Sort of, maybe. Well, I mean, he was.
0: Sort of, maybe. Well, yeah, anyway. No, I, I get you, and, and I agree. I thought the same thing. That, okay, that so was, I'm not totally stupid. No, that was the solicit for it, you know? I mean, they, they showed the cover. It said Orphans of X, uh, and you see Laura and Decan. So yeah, okay. These are the orphans of X. That's it. It was completely logical. So I wasn't really expecting this either. Uh, Maybe I just didn't fucking read the description, which which is very possible. But I I don't usually
1: like to because I don't like to spoil things.
0: Same. um, Only if it's something like huge do I really want to look into it. Otherwise, I kind of just like see a cover, see a solicit, and like I'm like, all right. So the X Men haven't been canceled yet. Fantastic. (laughs) So it opens in the next issue again. Absolutely amazing setup. Yeah. The Ken is getting tortured like hostile style. I hope I hope others have seen that movie. I have not. The first one was great. The There's more than one? one. The at least at least one other one. They were probably like direct to DVD sequels. The second one was not very good. The first one I thought was fantastic, but it's almost like torture porn. I don't know if you would, oh, if you would like it. I do it. like
1: that. Um, um, okay,
0: fantastic.
1: So uh, I, I'm
0: gonna be the orphan of sex.
1: Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> something that I thought was interesting was it opened up to this woman who is torturing Daken in this, like, you know, weird generic science torture facility. And yeah, you know those
0: generic science torture facilities? Man, yeah. those are popping up everywhere nowadays. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh, she ended up leaving, and uh, this guy took over for her, yeah. was like, oh, you know, um, that's whatever her name is. She's... 37, and even though she has no free time, she adopts and rescues dogs that are like pit bulls and Rottweilers, which are thought to be dangerous, and she can still do
0: this to you. So what does that you know, say about you? That you're a mongrel, because that's what your name means. Uh, by the way, I think her name was Lisa, and I believe she was 43. Okay, well, whatever. Lisa and I go back a little bit. <laughs> I don't agree with her methods, <laughs> but she all right.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> so then this... This fucking chump starts to try torturing Daken and he's like, well, you know, I can get the whatever I want out of you, you know, starts trying to torture Daken and I guess somehow didn't do his research and know that Daken has a claw in his wrist because <laughs> great. Daken just stabs him with his <laughs> wrist claw and just kills him and I think and uh, took his hood and uh, goes into the next room with Lisa. Yeah. And she's watching TV with her dogs.
0: Yeah. So this was this was really interesting. Um, I, I kind of like the pace of this issue. It gives you like enough of like one story and then cuts to like the next one and then like kind of cuts back. It's just it was it was really well done. But you know so that's the point that we get and then we switch over to Laura and what's going on with like her mom and you know beasts is like you know checked Sarah uh, out and says that like no this this isn't like a clone or anything fucked up. This is really, like, Sarah Kinney. And I thought that it was really cute. Gabby's reaction, of course. Gabby's reactions are typically cute. To me, it's not in a way that's getting annoying. It's in a way that kind of serves her personality and adds yeah. personality to the book. So I kind of like her, even though almost every issue, it's like, how's Gabby going to be cute? How's Jonathan <laughs> going to be cute? Like, I, it, wor- it really works, I think, with the tone of this book. But, you know, <laughs> what I, I just loved a couple of her lines, and I've, like, already posted posted this on social media, there's the, you know, we're gonna start by binge-watching eight movies where princesses smash the patriarchy, and we're gonna braid Jonathan's hair, and I'm like, this is fantastic, we could we could braid Beast's hair too, I really think that she's turning out to be uh, a great character. Yeah, I agree. And then, you know, we switch back to the Ken, and so here is somewhat of a reveal, we still don't have the whole story yet, but it turns out that... What Lisa is watching on TV
1: is through Sarah's eyes. Which is
0: weird. Like, Beast checked her out, so she can't be like a robot, right? Are these just implants somehow that she doesn't know about? How did they miss this? I was wondering that
1: too. And if there was anything, if this is really Sarah Kinney, like, if there was anything that they could hold on her to, like, make her, you know, do this fucked up shit and, like, kind of turn on her own daughter. Yeah. to record her. I don't think she's doing it knowingly if this really is Sarah Kenny. I think like you said, it might be an implant or maybe they put a video recorder like yeah. in her hair or something like that, you know, or like put it on her that she can't see it. I don't know. But I don't think she would knowingly do that.
0: Like, she was given memory. She could have been uh, implanted with false memories. Yeah. You know, she remembered, quote-unquote, sort of dying, but, like, not. And then being put in that vat, and she was, like, actually okay. Maybe she was implanted with false memories, and this is a clone. Maybe they, the facility took uh, the blood and made a clone. And somehow, you know, brought her into adulthood really quick. I don't know. We we don't but have I all the answers like to this Laura yet. I feel like Laura
1: would know that.
0: <sighs> yeah, I, I... You think so?
1: I think Laura would be able to tell with her, like, smell factor.
0: Uh, yeah, maybe. I, I don't know yet, but that's that's the thing. Like this isn't concluded yet. This is running into uh running through November at least, so uh we'll find out next issue. But anyway, well hopefully next issue. Uh De Ken manages to break out, you know, Lisa sends the dogs after him and I'm thinking like is Daken really going to kill these dogs? And he doesn't. He uses one as a weapon. Like, all these other orphans are staked out in their cars around the house and, like, ready to, you know, fucking kill Decan. He takes one of the dogs, throws him into the car, like, on top of this other dude, and the dog just fucking bites the other dude. So Daken steals a car, gets away, and he must... They were obviously in the same neighborhood because he runs into Laura. And then that's kind of where we end. The people yeah, who were Laura, chasing him disappeared all of a sudden. Yeah, so Laura like, heard the on?
1: gunfire yeah. and he was like, they're right behind me. And then nobody's there. So we're just going to have to keep waiting and reading and see what happens. But I thought that this was a, a really good two issues so far. And I'm really looking forward to what happens. I kind of, I kind of don't want Sarah to be here. Same. No, I, don't, uh, I don't blame you. I get it. I what you're feel saying. like that would like change. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean, that was like such a big part of Laura's story yes. that if she's back, it's
0: just gonna be weird, you know? Literally the first time I read this story, I cried. This was my reintroduction to comic books as an adult. I, yeah, I got me too. I got this series in two thousand six when I started collecting comics again because I was so intrigued by X twenty three on X-Men Evolution and saw that they wrote her into the comics. I'm like, alright, well let me get her backstory so i ordered them off ebay uh got them and i read them and by the end i was crying it's like so fucking tragic and it's just like perfectly tragic that this is such a big part of like who she is and i I don't know i think there's a lot more going on that we just don't know yet but i think tom taylor has been killing this book and again i hope he never stops writing it same so next, we're going to get into uh, Mojo Worldwide, which has been the crossover between X-Men Gold and X-Men Blue. and X-Men Gold 13, uh, first off, I love the art on most of the, um, most of the issues in this series so far, and there was not enough mutant softball in this issue. I feel like you hate Mutant Softball, but... No, I don't. I think it's I think it's fun, especially now that they're in Central Park. They got all kinds of room. I think it was kind of silly to see Jimmy and old man Logan together, and they're just like, hmm, 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 hmm. hmm. Like, I, I don't know, just fucking couple of, like, redneck dudes just being weird. I had completely forgotten about Ink, and he shows up so very briefly here. Uh, I don't
1: even remember seeing it,
0: yeah, well uh ink was introduced in young x men in like two thousand eight or nine ish uh he's not like actually a mutant, it was his tattoo artist that yeah. was the mutant, and they didn't realize that until later, but he's not he's not utilized anymore, and i I don't know anyway, this is uh. This was interesting. So Jean starts, so young Jean starts to try to, like, order her team, like, come up with this plan when these fucking, like, big crystal things are falling from the sky into New York City, and then Shadowcat just, like, interrupts her and starts ordering everybody around, and I'm like, what a rude bitch. Like, that's kind of fucked up. But anyway, these huge crystals land in New York City, and uh, there's, like, the highest concentration of superheroes per square foot anywhere in the fucking universe. And nobody else fucking shows up. Nobody else shows up at first anyway but like the x-men are like oh we should go investigate and this is so investigate. so stupid they just like walk right into these crystals but rachel was like my god it's huge that's what she said that's what she said that's going to be the title of this episode no it's it's not it's not at all i'm very tired so <laughs> anyway so they walk right up to the bleh, walk right up to the crystals and get trapped you know, then Jean all of a sudden looks like a sexy young goblin queen, and mm. we realize that they're all in flashbacks, and Mojo is giving them their legacy moment, and that there's this huge audience because it's being broadcast like everywhere in the world, and it's really silly setup. You know, it's kind of like mindless fun. This wasn't really a story where I felt like compelled to keep reading, and that the stakes were so high, at least initially. But you know, this, this is what we're doing. We're getting all these flashbacks, like big X Men stories.
1: I really thought that was
0: cool. Um, I do
1: remember and love many of these stories.
0: But you know, like like I said, this this none of this just feels like it's you know, like the stakes are very high, and it's it's all just like mindless fun. I like, don't
1: care if there are no stakes. I'm vegan.
0: <laughs> I see what you did. Ah, yeah, sit back and take a drink. Yeah, you're satisfied with yourself Aha! now. <laughs> I feel good about myself. Oh man, yeah. So X Men Blue number thirteen. Uh, we're still doing the whole like you know uh, flashback sort of thing, and I love Rachel's classic look. Me too, especially drawn by Jorge Molina. Compared to her new one, it's you know the facial markings, the spikes, the skin tight bodysuit. Mm. It's is that what
1: you're into? I can do that.
0: Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. The Sentinels. Actually projecting Mojo's face was really fucking scary. And then all of a sudden, they shoot javelins, and then Bloodstorm's dead. She's just fucking dead. She turns into ash. And I'm like, where? Why? How? Well, good, because I don't care about her. Well, listen, all right. And here's the thing. I wasn't completely sold on her anyway, but this is like, like, this, this seemed like they were trying to make this, like the like token black girl the, no the, the... Who kills who gets killed like two seconds after the movie starts i didn't even think about that but yeah there's that but this is also like the dimensionally slash time displaced team it seemed like what they were trying to go for but the thing is is like if you're gonna put her on the team at least give her something to do before you kill her because it doesn't really matter
1: yeah it's like thunderbird One.
0: Oh man i gotta pour a drink out for that guy just pardon me for a second. I'm sorry for uh, bringing up those <laughs> tragic memories. Yeah, um, it that just seemed... I, that was really upsetting. Initially, anyway. Uh, and then, you know, the book just cuts across each team and the action and they're fighting everyone and, like, you know, everybody is watching and, you know, Mojo's got this Wheel of Fortune which is, like, you know, cuts to it, it. His Wheel of Fortune is just, like, all these different major story arcs or crossovers in X-Men history. And then Longshot shows up and... He's got viewers now because he's a fucking star on like social media or whatever and he's like yeah, he's like a
1: pirate transmitter.
0: He's stealing mojo's audience and that was kind of I funny. loved that that was really funny I, I did enjoy that too it was a little weird but it, it kind of makes sense for where Longshot comes from
1: It was just like he just like came in like swinging on a vine like fucking Tarzan or something he was like <laughs> just so cute and it just made me all like so happy just like oh, hey guys. Long, yeah, long shot time, no time C. <laughs> long time, no C. I'm not, not going to edit long that out. Long
0: time. <laughs> long time, no shot.
1: <laughs> long, long time, no shot.
0: Oh, what's man. What's up?
1: <laughs> I'm going to start saying what's,
0: that. What's up, baby? Long time, no shot. <laughs> you got no shot, honey. <laughs> um. Yeah, and so the X-Men end up on Fatal Attractions on Asteroid M. So, boom, there's the end of that issue. Boom! Yeah, boom. X-Men Gold number 14. This was great. Rachel gets Jean's 90s uniform. You know, young Scott is transformed into, like, adult 90s Scott. So they're, like, 90s uniform. And Longshot even comments on it, like, huh, nice, very 90s. Yes. I really like that. I'll be honest, I did not so much like the art in this issue, but that was really well done. I really like how that was done,
1: also, I don't remember which issue exactly it was in that um Rachel called Scott young Scott Dad. I think it was this one was it? And I think he was, it was this just one. like, "Please don't call me Dad." Yeah. That, and I was like, "Call me Dad, Daddy.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's really just really fucking weird. Um, it was also kind of lame. <sighs> It, this this was like it really felt rushed. There's like this short battle with Magneto that that this team has, and then Cyclops like, oh man, he'll never change. I I, I can't believe I've been working with him. So he just like spills the beans that like the you know the young the beans are all over the place. Time displaced X Men have been working with Magneto, and it's a fucking mess of beans. And so now all the beans. now. Everybody knows they've been working with Magneto, and the beans are everywhere. So I don't know which mess to concentrate on first. What are we going to do? Clean up the beans or clean up the Magneto?
1: Clean up the beans with Magneto.
0: (laughs) Clean up Magneto with the beans. Yes. Bean bath. Ooh. I don't... Why do we... They're just words. Words just come out (laughs) of the mouth sometimes. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Dead ass. Yeah, all right. So, good. Uh... But Scott brings up how, you know, Xavier made Magneto headmaster of the fucking school for a while. That's the thing that happens. Kitty's like, that's not the same thing.
1: Oh, it's okay when Xavier does it, but when Scott does it, he's fucking Hitler.
0: How is that not the same fucking thing? It is literally the same thing. This issue ends with a Phoenix Sentinel, because why not? Yeah. Yeah, so, uh... (laughs) (laughs) so this uh this issue didn't really serve to advance the story very much um except for bean spilling uh so there you go so then uh we get a x-men blue number 14 and uh immediately upset to see a fastball special with colossus and jimmy and then then jimmy calling gene red i I was just just fucking hate all over this. Why just didn't you everywhere. like the
1: fastball special? I
0: thought that was so cute. Cause it's it's sacred. That's just sacred. You just You're you don't sacred. you don't do what? what no, does okay, that even so
1: mean? I don't fucking know. <laughs> um, so the the thing was, okay, Jimmy had Colossus do the fastball special so he could save Jean at like the last second. They just like had this like one panel where they were looking at each other, and I was like, yes, off. yes, my babies, please. Gene had his back right after that because there was somebody behind uh, Jimmy. And Beast said something about like, oh, isn't it cute how they always have each other's backs? And Colossus was like, oh, we're X-Men. We all have each other's backs all the time. Communist. And, <laughs> <laughs> and Beast was like, oh, I was just being jealous and annoyed.
0: Yeah, whatever. It, I don't like it. I don't like any of it. What I did like was when Magneto, Polaris, and Danger showed up and then there were the Marauders and they literally did like almost nothing with this. I wanted to see like intense action sequence with Magneto, Polaris, and Danger on one side and the Marauders on the other side because I love all of that. I love every word that just came out of my mouth and want to see it all over a page. And no, it just, they barely did anything with that in this issue and um, yeah, just not enough action with that. And then, you know, in the meantime, a bunch of the other X-Men are dying in all these battles. And, you know, this should have tipped me off beforehand that, like, oh, okay. I'll tip you off. So maybe... (laughs) This should have maybe tipped me off that, you know, if all these X-Men are dying, maybe Bloodstorm's not dead. And, hey, uh, uh, they're not dead. Nobody's dead. Everything's fine. Everything's been fine. And also, no hot Phoenix Sentinel action. So, apparently, like... You know, Mojo had called on all these other crystals and is, like, sending all the fucking New York City. All the crystal City, meth. All... So, uh, New York City, just like the Reagan administration did <laughs> in the 80s. <laughs> 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 what did you knock over? My phone. <laughs> Sorry. It's all right. It's all good. We're good. Um, yeah. So, anyway. No, that's a joke, guys. It wasn't crystal meth. It was crack. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um... Yeah, so, you know, it's it's like, all right, so the X-Men are, like, really in, like, Mojo fucking-verse now, and New York City's gonna be in Mojo-verse, and everybody's gonna be in Mojo-verse, and... Yeah,
1: so, uh, Longshot just, yeah. can, like, spirit them away, and when he said spirited away, I was like, yes! I love that movie! Yeah. It's a very good Miyazaki movie. That's right. Probably yeah. my favorite. But So he just, like, can teleport between these broadcasts. I don't know. I thought it was interesting. And, you know, because of what Longshot was doing, he was, like, stealing viewers from Mojo, and Mojo was getting really fucking mad. Uh, there was this one part where he was just like, I just need a little time and a little luck. And then there was, like, something behind him that just, like, Ugh. was going to attack him and just, like, exploded or some shit. I don't know. But I thought that was
0: cute. I don't care about any of it. I you just, don't like don't. Longshot? No, he's fine. He's fine. No, I'm 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 just being dramatic. Like I Longshot's fine. Mojo Mojo is actually very funny and um except for that that third issue in X-Men Gold uh number 14 the art has been great they've been drawing him really well he looks really fucking gross as he should yeah uh, th- th- and the story is it's like all right but you know like i said like this is literally just mindless fun i don't really feel like there are stakes anywhere in here whereas you know we were just talking about all new wolverine it feels like this is really building towards something serious yeah it feels like this is building towards nothing Um uh, well I feel you know like-
1: there are, there are times when you know There's just, like, who cares kind of stories in the X-Men. I mean, because it's been going on for so long. Not all of them can be, like, these heavy hitters. Like, they're going to have long, impactful decisions. Like, if you look at, like, the fucking brood saga, like, okay, who cares? Like, that was kind of just, like, seemed like filler to me. You
0: kind of sound like you're brooding over that a little bit. I'm going to kill you. (laughs) No, Um, I I understand and absolutely 100% agree. What I think, though is you're you're right but the thing is is this supposed to be part of like this Marvel legacy uh reboot that's not a reboot first of all yeah. and second of all it's a crossover between these two titles so i feel like it should be a little bit more impactful maybe it'll end up being more impactful because this is apparently i wasn't aware initially anyway when they started soliciting it that this was going to go beyond the one month but it's not concluded yet it's still going into november so we still have I don't know how much more of it. I didn't even look because it doesn't really matter that much to me. We don't don't know how much there is left of this story, but it's not over yet. So maybe there will be something huge that happens in an issue or two, but just right now it's not looking like it.
1: Okay, so even though I was um, initially annoyed that they introduced Bloodstorm, which is such a fucking stupid name anyway, (laughs) uh, when they first introduced Bloodstorm and then just killed her like three issues later, I was at first like, okay... Well, like, I understand that they needed to, like, kill somebody to show the severity of the situation, but, like. Oh, Thunderbird! <laughs> but I'm like, okay, this is really stupid and anticlimactic that she's been here for, like, two issues. It seems like they were like, oh, maybe they went on, like, Twitter or something, and everybody was complaining, so they're like, alright, whatever, we'll kill her. No, no, ah. no big deal. That's what I thought at first, and then, you know, this shows up that other people had died too, and I'm like, okay, well, they're not actually going to kill these characters. Right. So, That kind of pissed me off, because I'm like, even though I was initially annoyed that they just killed Bloodstorm off after, like, three issues, then they just brought her back to the next issue, and I'm like... Come on, guys, like, just <laughs> just,
0: just, just,
1: leave her dead. Like, we don't care about her. <laughs> leave
0: Bloodstorm alone! I don't know if anybody remembers that. Yeah. All right, but, um, yeah, no, I, 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 I agree. And and I keep referencing Thunderbird, like, jokingly, but... I would have been fine if she stayed dead. But literally the same thing happened to him, but w- what the difference with Thunderbird is, like, he actually got some characterization before they killed him off. Bloodstorm, I don't feel like, did at all. She was just there, and then she was fucking dust but it doesn't matter because she's fine everybody's fine everybody's fine everybody's good everybody's good like it never happened so can the x-men stop mojo from plunging new york city into darkness and destruction or is that a long shot how much blood could a bloodstorm storm if a bloodstorm could storm blood you go calculate that nonsense while we take a quick break hey you uh me yeah you what are you doing Uh, making a shopping list for Thanksgiving dinner.
1: Forget that bullshit.
0: But I I have to stuff the turkey with... No, stupid, shut your face
1: with geekness. Geekkid.com is a website that has all your geekdoms covered.
0: Like comics and video games? Yes. But what about television, wrestling, and maybe sports? I said all geekdoms. Wow, really? So are there like podcasts and articles and videos? Yes, yes, and fucking yes. Wow, GeekAid.com sounds fantastic. It is fantastic. Forget this dumb turkey. We're going to eat salad out of a bag.
1: Stop by GeekAid.com today and tell us what's your geek.
0: Hey, do you remember the cartoon Wolverine and the X-Men?
1: Is that the one where Wolverine had an Australian accent? No. Oh, there was an episode where Thunderbird turned into a bear.
0: Wolverine and the X-Men only lasted one season. What if I told you that if a million of us liked this Facebook page, we could save it?
1: I'd call you a goddamn liar
0: who's going to burn in hell for eternity. And you'd be right. But One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men is a Facebook page that celebrates all aspects of the X-Men. News, trivia, artwork, and even sweet swag for sale. One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men is a page for diehard X-Men fans by diehard X-Men fans. Stop by and give One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men a like today. All right, so... so, for this month's uh, Mutant, mutant memories. memories, that's not Mutant memories. no, I made that joke once before. You did? Uh, yeah, I did. I don't remember. Uh, we're going to talk about part of the Dark Phoenix saga, we're going to be talking about the setup to it, uh, not the whole thing, we're going to do half of it this month and the next half of it next month, so today we're basically just going generally over Uncanny X-Men issues number 129 through 133. 133? 130, right? Thor reference? No, that doesn't <laughs> be- doesn't belong on this podcast. Damn it. That's that's some something else. So this was a, a really great story. The best M- mastermind has figured out that he can fuck with Jean Grey from like long range. It's long shot. It's <laughs> He's always projecting these illusions, and he doesn't look like a slime ball, even though he's got all this facial No, he's hair. hot. You think he really? He still kind of looks like him, sort of, but...
1: Not really. Uh, but he's projecting these images of, like, fucking, like, 18th century galas and shit into Gene's mind, and that they're, like, in love. And they're just, like, dancing in these ballrooms with these, like, extravagant gowns and stuff.
0: Yeah, and she just, like, believes that she's, like, having flashbacks of, like, an ancestor's memory or something like that. It's, like, really fucking weird how she tries to rationalize this. What we start out with is um, Emma going to Kitty's house to recruit her for the Massachusetts Academy. We don't really know much about this yet um she's barely aware of her powers yet and you know emma leaves and the x-men arrive to take her out for ice cream and i love this this is the issue where i noticed in the background wolverine was looking at some dirty magazines and colossus was kind of peeking over his shoulder and looking at looking a little like taken aback like, i don't remember that he had never seen he had never seen the vagina before
1: he's a nice russian farm boy <laughs> They don't on... have
0: vaginas on Russian farms. Oh, man. That's this is what communism gets you. No vaginas on farms is what communism gets That's you. That's right. As opposed to capitalism, which is <laughs> all vaginas on all farms all That's the right. time. Uh, anyway, so these Hellfire goons show up to take out the X-Men because they want to take the X-Men away. And Emma knocks out like Wolverine, Colossus, and Storm uh, psychically. You know, she even got Xavier, which I don't remember off the top of my head how, and I don't note it down. But she got Xavier, too, because why the fuck not? Now, the way Kitty was drawn back then in the early 80s, yeah, and she I was, was like a 13-year-old, she looked really fucking silly. She looked kind of like a like, gnome.
1: Huge lips and huge <laughs> eyes. It was ridiculous, but it was still cute in a it way. It was
0: She just, like I said, she looked like a mix between, like, a gnome and an elf. It was really fucking weird. I just, what I don't understand is, so, you know, Kitty knows the X-Men are in trouble, and she goes and tries to follow Emma, but how did Emma not realize that Kitty was hiding on the fucking plane? Like, Emma's psychic. We knew that already. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so, like, the Hellfire Club has the rest of the X-Men under surveillance, and somehow they're following them around with cameras. I don't know how they were doing it back in the early 80s. Maybe there were dudes that were just walking around with the giant video cameras they had back in the day, and just nobody on the X-Men fucking noticed. I mean, those comic books,
1: they probably had, like, little spy cameras and pens and stuff. I mean, even though they didn't exist in real
0: life back then. So, I don't know, what I thought was interesting, though, is how Mastermind was, like, never really this powerful before Claremont started writing him and took his powers to like really, really new heights here. Uh, like uh, you always had the potential for it back in like the sixties, but like, it kind of makes sense what he was able to do here. I also really appreciated the art. Um, Oh yeah. Like uh, fucking John Byrne was amazing. Jean's design as the Black Queen was just, like, sexy as fucking hell. It was. I at, loved that costume. at the At the end of, I think it was, uh, at the end of issue number 130, there was an yeah. the illusion that this was, like, you know, mastermind from the 60s. That's who Jason Wingard is, and, like, Cyclops saw this shadow. Really fucking well done and really creepy. But anyway, we're introduced to Dazzler. Her first appearance is throughout this, uh, throughout this story arc, and... Her original design was great. I love, like, the use of her powers. She just, like, you know, tries to help the X-Men right away, but she was almost like a throwaway character originally. She didn't, like, officially join the X-Men after this was over, and they didn't really do much with her. Not that she's fucking Miss A-List now, but... She could have been a throwaway character is what I'm saying. They didn't really do much with her. Yeah, so Kitty followed them all the way back to the fucking Hellfire Club and then tried breaking the X-Men out, and they realized Kitty was there, so she managed to hide and call Nightcrawler on the fucking phone. While Scott and Gene were watching Dazzler, I think fucking Mastermind shows up again. And this was fucked up. He makes out with Bay right in front of Scott.
1: yeah. Yeah, and I think that Jean even had a moment where she was just like, Oh, Jason and Scott was <laughs> yeah. like, Who's what? who's Jason? But never like he never really seemed too upset about it.
0: He he's but we know how he is, right? You're the one who's always calling him bruises. Yeah, and shit.
1: he's he's a piece of shit. And like he, I always felt that he treated Jean as if she was like completely disposable. Uh And this just really like cemented it for me because if if he had done that, if Jason had done that to me, you would have like punched him straight in the face and been like, Patty, what the fuck?
0: I don't, I'd rather not think about that. I mean, first of all, I don't want to yell at you. Second of all, I don't want to get arrested. And third of all, I don't want to think about this. But that's all beside the point. Scott was straight up with Jean and told her how much he loved her when they were having sex on that little cliff. You remember that part? And this was fucked up too. Jean was making out with everybody else in this cr- in this fucking story arc because when they went to like Angel's place, they Angel and Jean greeted each other by kissing on the fucking lips. Oh yeah, that so was weird. So you stop giving Scott Summers such a hard time, and you take I'll into account you a hard time that Jean was being such a fucking hussy. No, you're a hussy. Dark Phoenix, more like the Dark Hussy Saga. <laughs> Alright. Alright. Enough. Enough. Gene <laughs> throws down with Emma the first time they meet. Gene is acting like all fucking weird and phoenixy. And this was was crazy. Gene just fucking destroyed Emma. Like yes, liter- like literally though. Like it seemed like fucking Emma Frost had just fucking disintegrated. It was crazy. I'm glad that they didn't kill her there. Um, I wish they did. No, 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 yes, no. Yes, 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 yes. No, no, no. Yes. No. So, that was crazy. And then, you know, they all decided to sneak back into the Hellfire Club to find out what the fuck is going on with this organization. Um, And then we're introduced to Sebastian Shaw, Donald Pierce, and Harry Leland. And so these intros and these battles with them were really fucking cool. You know, Colossus tries throwing down with Sebastian Shaw, and just like fucking metal dude hits him, and he just stands there smiling because it makes him stronger. You know, we realize quickly that Pierce is a cyborg. Harry Leland... His face, his face in this one panel reminded me of a fucking Care Bear. It was, <sighs> he's just like so what? fat. Yeah. Yeah, he's really gross looking. Um. But yeah, he just—he looked like a care bear. He had but this his... weird smile, just weird cheeky smile on his and face. And his
1: power is so stupid. He can just like increase the mass on things, yeah, or but to he... like the gravity and just like pull people through the floor or whatever. Just
0: make them heavy. Yeah, but but think about it. First of all, look what he did to Wolverine. No, like, I know. I'm sure he, he must have known that Wolverine had adamantium skeleton. But still, Wolverine falls right through all of the floors underneath him and into the sewer. And imagine that if you. Go try fucking committing a crime or whatever. Say you're going to go rob a bank. You could just fucking increase everybody's mass. They'd all be stuck on the ground and there's your money. So there you go. Anyway, yeah, so no, I I thought that, you know, all these battles were... Were really cool. They finally turn Gene over to their side. And they capture the X-Men. And uh, Mastermind and Scott have this little fucking psychic duel. And we think that Scott's dead at the end of an issue. But the thing is, is Wolverine, who was fucking stuck in the sewer. He's fine. And he's coming for all of the fucking Hellfire Club. And he does. And that issue, where we're leaving off with 133, was basically, in most of it was Wolverine tearing fucking through the Hellfire Club's goons, being a badass, shredding them all, scaring the shit out of them all. And yeah, that was that was just fucking amazing. It
1: was lovely. I loved it. And this might not seem like part of the Dark Phoenix saga if you haven't read it, but the importance of this is the characterization of the Hellfire Club. And it shows all of the fucking bullshit that Jean Grey had to go through. And it's just building up to her just (laughs) getting so fucking mad and (laughs) And losing losing her her shit. shit. (laughs) And that is, like, really what cemented my love of Jean Grey was that, you know, you know, a lot of people think that she's just, like, a really Mary Sue character and that she's just there to be a girl and she doesn't really have, like, a personality or whatever distinguishing characteristics. But this is, like... (laughs) <laughs> this like that she could just lose herself so completely into her anger it just i was just like yeah i i totally feel you girl
0: so watch out for those mary su's because yep. apparently mary su's are dangerous
1: yeah and that was
0: a term that i heard in an group. so so are the mary janes don't fucking smoke the mary janes kids but i like mj So these issues leading up to her losing her shit and going all Dark Phoenix were fucking great. They were. A lot of important characters were introduced. A lot of important things were were brought up. Dazzler being the most important. Overall, the story and plot were fucking great. This was still relatively early in Mutant history, and honestly, just just done really fucking well. This is when like Claremont was on the top of his game, and um, yeah, so that's it for uh, the first half of the Dark Phoenix saga, and next month, we'll be talking about the second half of that, which is the most important half. That's how halves work. There's yeah. There's two parts. Right, two parts. Uh, all right, so moving on to some news. Uh, we got a few new titles on the way. There is going to be a Rogue and Gambit series. That's 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 one one title. Rogue ampersand Gambit. Ampersand. And then separately, there's going to be a Legion title. Legion ampersand. And then separately from that, there's going to be a Storm title. Ampersand. (laughs) Stop it! No, that's literally what it I it says. Yeah. Look at what I wrote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Says. Okay. Um, all right, so Legion's going to be written by Peter Milligan. Rogan Gambit, Rogue Ampersand Gambit, uh, will be written by Kelly Thompson. Oh, isn't
1: that the one who did
0: Hellcat? So, no. So, Kelly Thompson is the one who is currently doing Hawkeye. Oh! So, it's... it's. I Haw- love Hawkeye. Hawkeye, yeah, it's been pretty good. It's a really good mix of action and sass. Uh, it's a little silly and lame and about friendship. Uh who needs that kind of Fuck bullshit. Friendship. But it's it's a pretty good series, and so she's gonna be writing Rogue and Gambit. I'm excited more for Peter bleh, Peter Milligan writing Legion because this is the homie that wrote Ecstatics, which was a fan fucking tastic series. And so these are going to be limited series, but we were at the Marvel Legacy panel at Comic Con and Axel Alonzo was like, you know, they they might not be, it could end up being more. Um, at least he said that for Rogue and Gambit, I'm not sure about Legion. Yeah,
1: because the writer apparently was really passionate about it and had, like, a a whole bunch of ideas that she wanted to do, and they were like, alright, maybe.
0: Yeah, Kelly Thompson apparently, like, read, like, every single fucking comic that, like, Rogue and or Gambit were, like, ever in, and so, yeah, so she really wants to do a good job on this, so they're, like, open to maybe making it an ongoing series. Um, so like I said, I'm, I'm excited uh, for both of these, sorta, but definitely Legion. Rogan Gambit, I think, because of Kelly Thompson, can be good. Uh, but I'm, sh- I-, I have high hopes for Legion. This storm, whoop, this storm ongoing, uh, hasn't. I mean, it, it was kind of like low key confirmed. Uh, the the writer Ta Nehisi Coates just kind of like tweeted out a picture of it, and somebody brought it up at the Marvel Legacy panel at Comic Con. Um, the X Men panel at comic-con and axel alonso kind of like half-heartedly confirmed it too so again this is kind of like low-key that this storm ongoing is is happening which okay i mean it's not like i don't like storm i actually do like storm but we just had like an ongoing of her like a few years ago and then you know it was canceled and then after
1: like 12 issues or something yeah
0: and it just feels like too soon and yeah I, I don't know like how well these solo titles are gonna go i i i don't know i haven't read anything else that that um this guy's done so i i don't know So, yeah, so, I mean, I I hope it's good. Listen, I I am taking a class this semester where I have to do a 10-page research paper, and I am doing it on Storm. So I do like Storm. I just, I don't know if we need this, this solo title right now.
1: I agree. I wasn't really crazy about her last ongoing series. I am interested, you know, because, like, Really, who has had more character development over the years than Storm? I mean, she's probably one of the top on that list. It's true. With all the shit that she's gone through. Yeah. So, I mean, it could be interesting. Um, I'll definitely pick it up. I'll definitely give it a try. I'm going to get all of them, regardless of how good or bad it is, because <laughs> that's what I do and who I am as a person. I'm a because, terrible person. Because Patty's rich and has tons of disposable
0: income. to lose. That's right. <laughs> and
1: <on> comic books. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. Yeah, so I am... Gonna be, you know, trying to be hopeful about it, but you know, we'll see. All right.
0: All right. We might as well talk about the Gifted TV series now. By the time you guys hear this, an episode will have aired that has not aired for us here in the past. Ooh. Ooh. So we've got four episodes so far. I think the series has been great. It's, it's really kind of refreshing to see these television, these X-Men related television shows doing like better than like the movies have. That's not to say that The Gifted is perfect. There is a lot of, there are a lot of like predictable tropes that are happening, which if it's TV, it's, it's gonna happen with like, you know, like, Bad guy, you know, dad, becomes good guy and has a change of heart, then wants to save his family, and then goes being bad and always good. And it's just, you know, and a lot of it is is predictable. And some of the dialogue is, is corny. But, like, altogether, like, the characterization... Of all these characters, is really good. They they have done a good job developing each of these individuals in this show. And I don't just mean the mutants. I mean like the human family too. Like I understand all of these characters, their personalities, where they're coming from. I appreciate. Uh, I, appreci- I
1: appreciate. I appreciate. I <laughs>
0: appreciate. Uh, I appreciate how they uh, picked these certain characters. I don't know how much thought was put behind picking like. Thunderbird and an alternate version of Sunspot and Polaris and you know even the minor characters like Beautiful Dreamer and even Blink although you know Blink is sort of like like not really main character but not minor character kind of like in the middle but they've done a really good job which with each one of these characters and I'm really enjoying that. And, like, you know, again, like, I like to talk about the stakes in a story because that's really what draws me into a story is, first, like, how much do I give a shit about the characters and how much do I care about their plight? Uh, If I don't care about those things, then why the fuck am I reading or watching this? And I get both of those even if, like I said, the story's a little predictable.
1: No, (laughs) I agree. Um, It's just that, like, everything seems so, like, just, like, tumultuous, and, like, everything can fall apart at any second. And it just kind of makes me anxious, which is why, like, I'm not crazy about the show. I'm just like, I hate this. I hate this. Why can't they just, like, everything be, like, fucking peaches and roses? Like, this is, I hate it. Just, I want Polaris to be okay. And then, you know, we watched the fourth episode, and Polaris was able to use her powers, and I was just like... Just, just kill all of them. Just use your powers and just literally murder every every human being there. Just please, just murder everybody. And Jonathan was like, "No, no, no, it's okay. They're trying to get out." And I was like, "No, no, no. That guy has a metal belt. She can fucking
0: like, like decapitate him." Okay. Well, first of all, you are scarily violent. And second, <laughs> second of all, I think it's charming. But this is how like they get you to keep watching. It's like if they do all this shit right away, then it's kind of like, okay, well that's over. And, and I feel like they want you to keep watching. They need to kind of let the bad guys off the hook a little bit. The bad guys have to let the good guys off the hook just a little bit and it has to be believable enough to like keep you anxious and keep you wanting to see what's going to happen next week. And clearly with you, that was accomplished. <laughs> um, and with me too because, because I kind of I, I, – I understand it. I understand – you know, I understand – Why, you know, at the end of, like, this fourth episode, they're trying to get away, Polaris is not just concentrating on killing them all, it's just, oh, let's all get the fuck to safety and regroup. I do really like the character selection here, like how they're apparently going to acknowledge that Polaris is Magneto's daughter, that's awesome. They even, even read a couple of sentences about Thunderbird's history and saw that he was an ex-Marine, you know? They're using a couple of obscure characters, and I write a column, a monthly column, about D-List characters, so I love this. What's it called? It's called Welcome to the D-List, and you can find it on geekade.com. But they're using Beautiful Dreamer. Uh, We saw Shatter. Um, They're using Pulse, even though, you know, he's fucking like, something's wrong with him, and Thunderbird had to punch him in the head. And fuck yeah, Thunderbird. I love how Thunderbird's a main character. Hashtag Thunderbird was right. Yeah, exactly. So it's a great series so far. So moving on to a couple of bits of movie news. We got a couple of pieces of news about Gambit. First of all, one of them is that Daniel Craig, James Bond... Uh, might play Mr. Sinister. Boo. Which is fine. He's an established actor. He's played James fucking Bond. He can Who's play that? Mr. fucking Sinister. So, yeah. So that's cool. And that they're setting Gambit for Valentine's Day 2019. Boo. Take with a grain of salt because things like this have been happening before. Coming October 2018. And then, oops, everybody dropped out of the project and nothing's happening ever again. So, who I knows? I hope that happens again. Who knows what's gonna happen? What I what I did see here though, one piece one piece of news that I saw, the script for this movie is by a guy named Josh Zetumer. It's, Zetumer. Zetumer! It's not Zetumer! And so I looked into Zetumer and I was like, Well, most of the stuff he's written has gotten average reviews. That doesn't lead me to be too hopeful for Gambit being a great fucking movie. Yeah,
1: look at the fucking cast. Um, Channing Tatum, are you fucking kidding me?
0: What I would love to see if they're going to have Mr. Sinister is the Marauders done right. We have seen Arclight and Riptide in movies before, both grossly, I say criminally underused. And this is a chance to have the Marauders done correctly. So I hope that that maybe that happens. I will bring up one thing that I am cautiously optimistic for still... Is the new mutants because we got a trailer that was built that was initially billed as a teaser and it was somewhere in between because we didn't get a whole lot. I was happy to see all of the actors in their roles, but they didn't do anything unless you knew that this was related to the X franchise. Any average person watching this trailer may not have any idea that this is about superheroes. This trailer made it look like kind of a run-of-the-mill horror movie and just had the word mutants thrown in there. It really, it didn't do anything for me to be more hyped about the movie. We had already heard that this is going to be a horror movie. So, okay, but how is that going to make the superhero portion or, like, the mutant portion fit in there? Like, I, I still, I'm not getting that. I'm trying harder now to be cautiously optimistic because I'm more nervous about it. I mean, it looks fine. I just, uh, I don't know. What did you What did you think after you watched this?
1: I agree. I don't think that um, any normal person would look at this trailer. Uh, if you took out the word mutants and you took out, you know, the name of the movie. Just call it The New. Yeah, if you called it The New and you took out the word mutants, any person watching this trailer, even me. If I didn't know this was a new mutants trailer, I would have no fucking idea what this was. It, uh, you know, you can put like, you know, you can do that fucking ridiculously overused horror movie trailer thing and put some children's song, sung creepily, put to eerie music (laughs) over it, and it would just be a generic run of the mill horror movie. You know, I didn't think it was anything extraordinary. Um, I'm not, yeah, I'm not particularly sold on any of the actors in this movie, especially, Mm -hmm. You know uh I complained recently about uh the terrible job that Sophie, Sophie Turner, Turner did that as Sophie Turner did mm. as Jean and my friend Mark was like, Oh yeah, I agree, uh like none of the yeah. Game of Thrones actors are any good out of out of Game of Thrones and but, I'm like. Uh,
0: but, but, but. Now as someone who's never watched an episode of Game of Thrones, Peter Dinklage Oh yeah, no, he was great. Peter Dinklage was great as Trask. I I I don't even remember too much about that movie. Watched it a couple of years ago, just a one time. But I do remember thinking Peter Dinklage was was fine. No, yeah, That's he trash. was
1: he was great. But that leads me to have uh you know doubts about Macy Williams because mm-hmm. she doesn't really look too like too good of an actor in the thing that we saw, and um also uh the creepy brother from Stranger Things. I think he just he's just so weird. I don't want to have to look at him for that long for an entire movie.
0: Uh, he maybe uh, I I don't know. I mean, they may do something with like his makeup or whatever. I feel like they can they'll they can do things to make a character look creepy and like sometimes and like look good but other times. Like you know I feel like Hannibal's supposed to be like hot. Well, he wasn't originally supposed to be that way. And Same thing with Wolfsbane. She looked like a fucking dork. No, yeah, she did. When she, she was did. first drawn. And so did Cannonball. He looked like the biggest fucking redneck. Yeah, you're right. Like, think about that. But then over yeah. the years... But he's
1: blonde.
0: Then the, over the years... That's they, not even right. They turned them into hot characters. You that's know what true. I mean? That's true. Yeah, yeah.
1: He, so, yeah, I agree. All right.
0: Um, but, you know, I, I've I've seen a lot of the feedback on... Then, uh,
1: wait, then he's got to have the accent, though.
0: Yes. Okay. I think and that, Nisi
1: has to have the accent, too. Pretty
0: sure that's all what they're going to be But she's
1: not Scottish in real life. She's... British or something. I don't so, know. So, whatever.
0: I've seen a lot of feedback for this trailer. People are really liking it. Why? I'm I'm happy for them. That's, that's fine. I want this movie to be good. Nobody wants this movie to be good more than me because I fucking love the new mutants. But, again, I'm still sort of optimistic but just a little bit more nervous now. The last thing that I want to talk about is uh, as far as um, a new Wolverine goes... James Mangold said that like we're just working on a script for an X twenty three movie. Uh, anything's possible. I've certainly talked to them about it. I even talked to them about it before we made the movie. I thought she was just such a great character, but with what Daphne did, I think that's certainly that's possible. That's what James Mangold said about like an X twenty three movie. Um and people have been all over social media like who do you want to see play Wolverine? Who do you want to see play Wolverine? And I'm like fucking we already have somebody to be Wolverine. Her name is Daphne Keane. Make Laura Wolverine. And I actually threw that out there today and got feedback from a couple of people like uh, oh, it's kind of kind of like fuck up the timelines. They're not going to have like a Wolverine in the future and then are they going to bring her back to the present? Are they they'll still have still have to get somebody else to be like a Wolverine in the present? And I I kind of get that now, but Again, I cannot state enough how amazing I think Daphne Keen did as X-23 and how I think she would be wonderful as Wolverine. Um and I would I would be happy to pay 15 bucks or whatever for a movie fucking ticket to see an X-23 movie starring her. I don't know, what do you think?
1: I mean, okay, so I just I just don't want them to make X-Men movies anymore, honestly. <coughs> <laughs> and, like, hearing stuff like this makes me, like, really anxious. Like, I don't know, because, you know, X-23 is, like, my second favorite character ever, and I just, like, she's mine, you know? She's what got me into comics, and I don't want other people to know about her or like her, and it's just really stressing me out.
0: Everybody so Everybody on social media knows about her and all these X-Men groups. Are you okay with that?
1: Yeah, but it's different, you know, to see, like... You know, kids who, like, made fun of me in middle school for being a nerd wearing, like, Iron Man shirts and stuff. <laughs> like, it pisses me the fuck off. So, I I just... It makes me really anxious hearing that there are going to be movies starring things that are mine that I like. So, that's just... Well, I'm never going to be excited about them ever making
0: X-Men movies. Well, sharing is caring. But, no. but second, of, <laughs> second of all... Second of all... I mean, I, I I get what you're saying, and I and I used to feel that way too. Mainly with like bands that I listened to, you know, like a band would like start like start to get big, and be like, all oh, these fucking posers liking this band. I liked them when they were cool, you know. But that's beside the point. Um, I I, I do understand what you're saying. Still, I, I I will say what I said about Daphne Keen as X Twenty Three movie starring her still stands. However, I I am very anxious about Wolverine being recast. Not that. Every X-Men movie was even decent because we got a couple of really fucking bad ones. But even in those bad movies, Hugh Jackman was a great actor and played a great fucking Wolverine. Uh, He did it for so many years and those are big shoes to fill. So I don't know if I could be satisfied with any choice that they pick to replace him as Wolverine. They could
1: always do like Jimmy Hudson or DeCan or whatever, but...
0: still. That's what, that's what I'm saying about yeah. Laura though you know I I don't know but yeah I mean you know this is just like James Mangold said that this is, this is in the dreaming phase right now right. so we don't know if what if anything is going to happen but anyway that'll do it for this month's episode of Mutant Musings thanks so much for joining us and don't forget to leave us a comment on geekade.com or 1 million to save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook leave us some feedback on iTunes and follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast Are you guys still excited for the new Mutants movie? What have you thought about The Gifted so far? Join us next time when we finish uh, talking about Mojo Worldwide. We're going to discuss Cable and the new creative team, the second half of the Dark Phoenix saga, and uh, hopefully we can talk about how The Gifted has been renewed for a second season. Until then, the 90s were right. To the max! To the max!